Hey Pelicans fans, welcome back to the Protecting Nest Podcast. We sitting here with a full room full of 2K players. We got Nola LBJ. We got a new social media manager in town. We got to talk about the coaching decisions that's be made now that Gentry's gone and the NBA draft lottery's up. So we're going to talk some of them, them young players. Nola LBJ, we finally out of vacation. What you got? Yeah, I just want to start by saying uh, welcome officially Gary Rowley to Protect the Nest. This is a first official podcast as a social media manager. Tell the listeners where they can find you at on social media. Uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at Flights No Feelings. It's F L I G H T S N O F E E L N S. Uh, I like to think I'm pretty funny on Twitter. I think people people would agree on that. But uh, yeah, yeah that's how we see you on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. That glad definitely did happen. Yeah, glad Twice. to be part. Yeah, you was there. You was there for me. Yeah, with, with for me sure, for sure. So we was we was holding it down over there. But I'm glad to be here, man. Ready to talk. Ready to talk, pals, man. Ready to ready to move on into the next phase of our Pelican fandom. And we can finally do that uh, now that we got rid of Gentry. I'm back for vacation. No <laughs> LBJ's had time to get comfortable here. Gentry got a little too comfortable in the job now that he's gone. Next time we see ESPN talking about the New Orleans Pelican heads coach, who do you think it's going to be, and how do you how do you feel now that the grieving process is gone through Gentry? Because we've seen it all on Twitter between people wanting him gone, people wanting him fired. I mean, just just the overreactions and underreactions to Gentry. I think it's it's a good healing point for the Pelicans fan base in general that we've got past the grieving fan base. We didn't put out a podcast immediately, and we can kind of look forward. And see what we had, but but again, see what we got going forward. So, how'd you feel about it? Where are we going with it? Uh, well, personally, I I'm a big you know I I like Gentry as a person. Um, I think that he was a great human being. I've met him a couple of times when I was working at the Pelicans team shop, and he's a great human being. Um, I think that he wasn't the quite the coach for what we have going forward. We have a so JJ Reddick kind of referred to it in the beginning of the season. When he was talking about how that this is a quiet locker room. And yeah. I think that that, that kind of comes from the culture that you set, right? So you have all of these kind of like mild, kind of, you know, soft-spoken players on the team that, you know, kind of, they nobody wanted to step on toes. Nobody wanted to be the Rondo. Nobody wanted to be the, the, the boogie cousin. So I think what you need is you need a coach that, for instance, Brandon Ingram taking four shots, in the in a, in a half of the most important game of the bubble, pretty much the important game of the season against the Kings, like that wasn't like that's that comes from coaching. Um, it but it's mostly but it's a lot on Brandon Ingram. But a coach had to be the one to get in there and grill, whether it's grilling him or grilling the players. Like man, get this guy the ball. And I think we need. Uh, they like to refer to Gentry as a player's coach. I think we need more of a disciplinarian kind of system guy who will come in and be the bad cop instead of good cop. So, um, I hear you. And, and before I get into what I've I seen mm-hmm. being in the locker room, mm-hmm. Lance, which, yeah, so, where were you feeling about it? Because there was a lot of he said, she said, I told you so's during this Gentry breakup. Yeah, so um, a lot of, uh, you know. Yeah, so, so first of all, y'all touched on two things earlier. One, you said uh, earlier in the podcast, you said comfortable. And uh, I believe that Gentry really did get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, you can tell in the mindset of the team, and that's another thing that you touched on, Garrett, was that he was too lax. Right. You know, and I feel like your head coach needs to take on the person that – the team needs to take on the person out of the head coach. You know, he instills the culture. He instills that identity. So if you're a hard-nosed, hard, you know, hard-working, stern coach, I feel like your team, if, and you know how to talk to your players – and develop, then your team is going to take on that that uh, mantra, right, you know. Right. So, mm-hmm. conversely, Alvin Gentry, he was a class act. I get that, mm-hmm. and our guys were all class acts. Mm-hmm. They definitely, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, they were also good guys. Yes. There, I, I say soft. Other than you know, mm-hmm. Drew. You know, other than you know, mm-hmm. pretty much Drew. JJ got some fire, but you know, and at the end of the Drew, day, Drew is Drew is a bit quiet to be, you know. This is your leader. This is like Jim, David like, Griffin said. Yeah, he's the MVP. He's, we he's go as leader. far as Drew Holiday takes us. And a lot of that was front runner to kind of shield Zion. Yeah, though. yeah, that's facts. But if that's going to be your leader, you need someone who will pull the guys to the side and say, "Bro, like, what are we doing? Like, why are we? Why are we not getting back on defense? Why are we not rotating? Especially Drew being the defensive guy he is. Some of those defensive lapses." 
have to come from, you know, have to be corrected by your leader on the court. And I think that Gentry didn't want to step on Drew's toes. Uh, Drew didn't want to step on Zion's toes. And when Zion came back, he would always refer to, um, I'm just trying to fit in. I'm, I don't want to uh, mess up these. It's like, Zion, this is your team. Like, you don't you don't fit in. Like, they fit around you. Like, same thing with B.I. Like, you have to have that mentality. And I think you have to have a, a coach that will come in and say, listen, all of that is fine and dandy. Like Griffin, like Griff did with the bubble. He was like, listen, oh, what he did with AD. When he called AD and he was like, listen, you're either all in or you all out. I mean, all in or you completely out. And you need a coach to kind of echo that. Like, listen, you're going to buy into this defense. You're going to buy into B.I. being the guy. You're going to buy into Zion being the guy. Whatever the case is, you have to have somebody to drill that in in the locker room. And so I think that Gentry being such a nice guy, I just think that for what we want, like we have this team where supposed to get into a rhythm and become one of those young Western Conference team that blow up and starts to compete. You you can't have a good guy. You can't have the good cop. You need a you need a bad cop. And that's why I think Gentry will be a great two. I think he'll be a great a great assistant coach somewhere. Like if he goes back to the Clippers. Yeah. Ty once you get yelled at, he's the coach. He comes yeah, to catch you on yeah, the back. Yeah. Like hey, brother, I understand up. that was all right, but like. Like he, you be right. be right. and I think that's just time. what he's good at. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just what uh, that's just where his skill set lies. Mm-hmm. Um, but at he the, got a ring doing that for Golden State. Yeah, for sure, definitely. But two things that I definitely liked though, uh, at the end of the season was uh, for sure Griff during the uh, press conference when he's uh, he's talk he talked the press conference ran thirty minutes for like fifteen minutes he talked about Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one thing that I definitely like. Um, that speaks to. Where his mindset is going forward in re, in, in regards to free agency, mm-hmm. and where he sees Brandon Ingram long term. Yeah, he called um, him a two, six nine, two guard. Yeah, guard. But yeah, he did call he, him that. He, he didn't really call him a two guard. He was saying he has all the tools of a two guard, guard right. but yeah, in the right. package is something else. Right, right, yeah. right. Gotcha. And and who knows where Brandon Ingram's development may lie mm-hmm. uh, as his ball handling increases. He could become a point forward. Puts on but, a little bit of weight for sure, definitely. And at the end of the season. He definitely said one thing I definitely liked is he said he wants to focus on becoming a two-way player. Yeah. And uh, that's going to – one of the big things that's going to help him with that is, one, focus, and, two, getting stronger for sure. And I think that ties into your next coach. Your coach has to come in and have that same – the way you're thinking that. Like, I agree with that. I agree that he needs to, you know, gain, you know, gain focus and become a two-way player. And I think if you get a coach that will drill that into him and say, hey, listen – it starts on the defensive end. Like, it starts on the defensive end. Um, you can get a bucket on anybody. It's obvious. He's he's proven it. Um, you've proven it. You just have to be able to turn it into, um, you know, a two-way player. And so I think this coaching, this coaching hire is going to be very, very, very important um, moving forward. They have to get it right. Um, I don't think that they can go through another uh, lame duck season, a lame duck couple seasons. Uh, the way Gentry was, they tried to uh, try to Gentry out there to deal with the Zion. I mean, the, the Anthony Davis scenario. Um, they they he he was out there dealing with the the Zion minutes restriction, and he sat in front of all of those cameras and never once said anything bad about the organization, about the front office. Well, it started um, to get snippy there. At the well, end. yeah, it yeah. Started but I think there. Ooh, he started writing on the wall. He started this special We all started writing on the wall. So I think at that point yeah. he was just like. Especially during the bubble. Uh, right, but he was he faced a lot of the PR fire right. through the Davis thing. Right. Uh, going back to like B.I., his four shots, yeah. I put that a little bit more on coaching than I guess most people do mm. because of answers Gentry's given me to questions about not being able to scheme for certain emotions and things. Right. Go, right. Going back to the Lakers game especially, mm-hmm. if you want to get a quarterback in rhythm, you run a few little play-action passes right. in this. Right, right. You let him, you let him about see that, a couple complete. Yeah. He, he couldn't really come up with how do you scheme around the emotion these players are feeling. Mm. Going back into the locker room, how much do you really put it on the coach and not the players? Ingram won't be leading a locker room the same way as, say, LeBron. Right. When we did right, our, right, our, right. our interview about and hearing LeBron turning down the music when the reporters were there and turning it back up. Mm-hmm. When I would go into the locker room, there was never really any music in the locker room. It was yeah. back in the training room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of the players would just stay back there in the feeding room because the, the press can't go back there. Right. And I understand that, especially before a game, you would rather get locked in and focused, mm-hmm. let the press deal with you at shoot around. Mm-hmm. But I would still go in the locker room and you would hear... 
you could hear the music and fun from the opposing locker room. Right, right. As you were taking that left down the hallway into the Pelicans locker room, and you get in there, and it was just you. You would like to think in the beginning of the season, it's a quiet storm. It's it's all business. Right. But when you get towards the end of the season, you see that maybe the players just aren't connecting the way they are. There were right. some of the younger players. I mean, I'll put out Nikhil. I never saw Nikhil and Derek Favors cross the room to talk to each other all season. So I'm always I'm glad you brought that up because I I, I mean that's call. something I ain't even right. tweeted. I ain't brought up. I might get a call from the team about that the same way David right. Grubb got a call from a few podcasts. Together. I think I think, but I've never seen one player cross the other mm-hmm. side of the room to the other and hey, what's that jam playing? Right, right. Hey, what's them shoes? What's right. this? What's that? Just right. I I never saw it. I can't say I was in a locker room for every game like some of the other writers, mm-hmm. but. I believe you could just go back and look at it the and pep- see how do we reported on it and the way the things were happening in the locker room before and after the games. Mm-hmm. There was no real so interaction. I, my question is, and I and you in the locker room, so you might you might know about this more than I have. I'm just speaking purely from a fan looking from the outside. I've never seen Bi and Zion together. It's like three different teams, right? You have like the rookies. You have Zion, who's with Jackson and Nikel. All right. So when you walk through the locker room, mm-hmm. let's go through it. Uh, I, I don't know if this has been put out there or not, but mm-hmm. as soon as you take the left, you got Jackson Hayes. Mm-hmm. You have Frank Jackson, Nikhil, and Josh Hart was over in that side with him too. Okay. On the opposite corner, you had JJ and Favors on the back wall. Okay. Drew in the middle, uh, Zion in the middle. They had some of the bigger locker of rooms over in. the Tucked in in the back wall corner over on this side, you had a, a little space for Zylan and Cheatham when they would come in for okay. the two ways. Okay. Same thing in the next corner, but it was kind of staggered that yeah. way, where it was most of the rookies, Josh sprinkled in, a two-way player mm-hmm. sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. Keep going around, you got Zion and Drew. Mm-hmm. B.I. was right there. Ingram was right next to him. You go around, you got Reddick, Favors, and a couple of the locker room. Right. You know, one for Josh Gray. Right, right, right. Kenrich was over mm-hmm. there. More, more of that play. And... You didn't see them interacting yeah. none. Everybody, I mean, through, through training camp, I was saying, if if Etwan walked through the room, they straightened up. Oh, oh he got respect. Yeah. Oh, he get the respect. But, he get the love, yeah. But there was none of the, I guess you could say, extra stuff that right. you might have seen in right. the Jazz locker room. I'll say this. Until until that last little bit, I guess, when Gobert and Donovan Mitchell had their blow up. Yeah. The Jazz come to town a couple times. Mm-hmm. They had some of the most fun locker rooms I've ever seen in really? my in my history of sports, including locker rooms. I was a, one of the players. Really, they had some great stuff going on. The, the Lakers locker room. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, right. I can imagine. But <laughs> we did a podcast uh, with Brett Dawson right before then. Oh yeah. I and I walked in and seen everything he said was true as far as LeBron was going to bring the locker room together. Of let course. the reporters do their business. Bring it back together, and there was an ebb and a flow, mm-hmm. and a. I, I want to say a lifeblood, a rhythm to that locker right, room. Right, right, And you could walk in the Pelicans locker room sometimes, and it literally had the same feeling as, maybe not a funeral home, while there's actually a funeral in process, yeah. but when you go do the planning. Yeah. It's just, and you didn't know if just that was, there, just. You didn't know if that the, business yeah. sense was the call, yeah. you know, just calm before the storm, before yeah. they went out and really did some business, mm-hmm. or if it was one of them, here we go again, Yeah, kind of, you know, like one of them memes or something mm-hmm. here we go again back I, into the same stuff without a full roster without a head coach that's really fully there right and and to to give y'all back the floor i think that's why the team wasn't there in orlando is because and you you kind of called it out on twitter and one of the sources but david griffin confirmed it griffin and gentry knew his fate before yeah. they flew to orlando yeah I, the players played like they knew about it yeah and then reporters started reporting on it, yeah. and things fell apart. Yeah. And you just can't have that with this team anymore. That's yeah. why this coaching hire is so important going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. But to drop the pass behind, you want to give us like a top five, both of y'all, on who you want to see coaching this team forward and how that hire might affect the free agency. Okay. Well, um, well so I'll start. So a couple of my best options, honestly. Uh, well, just just to put a cap on that, I I also wanted to ask you, um, just just to go back, we'll go back to the, to the coach. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about how to play. Do you think that, and we can end this here. So, let me, do you think that the players are starting to feel a little bit like, well, if well, if we're just gonna if we're just gonna circulate our wins and our performance around if Zion plays. Then why are we here? You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, like, like 
if I'm Brandon Ingram, I want to win. I'm, right. I'm, tr- I'm on the court to win. And my best, the best way I can win is that I have all of the players available to me that can be played, right? So if I'm Brandon Ingram and I'm saying, all right, well, Zion's out, then obviously y'all don't care about this game. Then why are we playing? I think that's why think, Gentry you... got snippy at the end. It was like, just go ask Griffin. Go ask the medical team. Yeah, medical yeah, team right. Because I think the ownership of the win and loss success, the results of mm-hmm. that, the owner, players like to have ownership over the wins. Mm-hmm. Coaches have to take blame for the losses, but they like to have ownership for the wins. Mm-hmm. I think both Gentry, the coaching staff, and the players feel like some ownership of the wins mm-hmm. was taken from them, and that led to more losses because, right. one, their heart wasn't in it maybe. Right. They didn't have Zion. They knew that they were building for the future, and mm-hmm. this was just mm-hmm. a, a small sample size, a small data set that, in the end, for their whole career, they can write it off even if they had a bad performance. Right. If B.I. had a bad day, we were still going to get him near the max. Right, right, but. Right. Some of the other players that might not be. That's the case. why you need those vets like JJ. JJ knew all of this going into the bubble, and he played his butt off. Yeah. And so you need to surround. He took him ownership with... over his performance. Right. Some of the other players decided right. to write it off, and I right. think everybody knows who we're talking about. Okay. But go ahead. So like, yeah. So yeah. Ahead. Coaches. So so honestly, I don't know if I have a top five. I haven't really done a ranking, but if I some of the candidates that I'm interested in so I'm interested in, in of course the the names that everybody I'm interested in Kenny because Kenny developed that Kenny Atkinson um, yeah. because Kenny developed that Brooklyn Nets team that was that is a job done with Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie D'Lo became an all-star uh, Joe he's Harris the, he's the head of your retread category right your, your Kat Atkinson's your right. Ty Lue's right. yeah. your Jason so, Kidd's you, right. you can categorize college coaches retread right. coaches assistant coaches that never got a shot so so this is you why you can divide I, them up like that so this is so this is why I, I don't consider Kenny Atkinson as like one of those retreads because he got fired based on the li- like of difference of personality not um, because he did yeah, yeah. Not because he didn't produce he success. He didn't do a good job. Obviously, you know, yeah, so he obviously, obviously he turned that Brooklyn team that had nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It was a wasteland as far as assets go mm-hmm. uh, and talent. And he whipped those guys into shape. There. Yeah. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And uh as far as uh Kenny goes as well, he's part of that uh Coach Mike Budenholzer mm-hmm. uh, coaching tree. Mm-hmm. He was part of those Atlanta teams, uh that one you know the team that was constantly in the playoffs yeah. every year, sixty win team, mm-hmm. had four so, all stars one year, winning yeah. streaks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. So just to piggyback yeah. on that, he and he was definitely one of the coaches in my. Uh, so I know that because you got Atkinson, he's mm-hmm. going to be linked to Trajan, mm-hmm. and that's going to give him a connection. Tyloo yep. is going to give him a connection so, and an end to the job because of David Griffin. Mm-hmm. Before I get mm-hmm. to some of what I, mm-hmm. where do y'all feel for just them two? We went over Kenny. Yeah. So I, that was what I was about to say about Tyloo. So I have a, I have a, I have a little bit of a different opinion in Tyloo. I think that Tyloo. So I used to listen to the uh, the road tripping podcast mm-hmm. with Richard Jefferson. And he had Tristan Thompson on there back when Ty Lue had just got fired. And um, Ty Lue, uh, Richard, I mean, uh, Tristan was talking about Ty Lue and why they had so much respect for Ty Lue. And he would say that that although the Cavs players knew the pecking order, you know it was Kyrie and LeBron and Kevin yeah. Love and then pretty much everybody else, right? But he would say that in practice, like if LeBron messed up, Ty Lue would like he would get on him. Like he and would, it says he would a lot that him. LeBron let right. himself be coached by right. Ty Lue. Right, and I think that that's totally. like that goes back to my point about you need to have a player that's like Brandon, go get the ball, or Zion post up, or if Zion is posted, I've saw it a couple of times Zion to be posted had a guy sealed and Drew couldn't get the ball to him. That's one of them times where the coach calls a timeout, stumps on the floor and says, get him the damn ball. Get him the damn ball. And I think Ty Lue is that guy. And I think also he has he brings a respectability as far as name recognition. You have you got Griffin already in here. You got Trajan in here. You got Swin in here. You got uh, Aaron Nelson in here. Now you're going to get Ty Lue. That shows free agents that, hey, this team is serious about we're, we're we're trying to build something and we're really right, but this team can't make a hire based on splash like oh, no I Kyrie, agree but I think I, he's a he's a good coach if yeah. if if a big hire splash has mm-hmm. anything to do with this process mm-hmm. we've already got the wrong man for the job uh, well I agree I I, and I mean he, that for David Griffin yeah. you cannot go into this thinking we need to make a big splash with mm-hmm. the name you have to find the right man for the job woman woman for the job whoever right, it is right. 
Forget about splash. Mm-hmm. Winning is the splash. No, I, yeah, that I agree with that. But I, but I also think Ty Lue is a good coach. Like, I, I do right. think he's a good coach. Like you say, it, first of all, is LeBron has – if LeBron is going to allow a per- – we saw what happened with uh, – what's the what's the other black? We saw with David Black. He was – whatever, dude. Like, he didn't have uh, whatever, respect. Like, whatever, dude. So, Somebody's going to be able yeah. to walk in that locker there you room go. And, and gain him respect. Right, and so you have veterans who will respect him. You have young players who know about Ty Lue enough to say, okay – I know I need to respect this guy. I know this guy knows what he's doing, what he's talking about. But well, he can um, put the ring in your face. Yeah, and then he can put the ring in your face. So yeah, I, I think Ty Lue <laughs> would be a pretty good, a pretty good high. I don't, I don't know if he would be my top choice, but if they went that way, I'd say I wouldn't be upset about it. Well, I, he, okay here's something I've heard inside the building from people that will be in some of those mm-hmm. meetings is that neither Atkinson nor Lue can walk in and say the plan mimics what they did in right, either Brooklyn right, right, or Cleveland. Right, it has right. to be a fresh approach for this mm-hmm. roster. They mm-hmm. can't say, well, we're going to raise B.I. the same way we did Tristan yeah. or whatever, which right. makes no sense. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, yeah. they can't say that we're going to take that plan can't co- copy and, and, paste. and make it here. Can't it, copy and paste. That's uh, not going to give them that, that old, I guess, connection is not going to give them a leg up mm-hmm. because the ideas start fresh from today forward. Mm-hmm. David Griffin owes that to Gail Benson. Benson owes that to the fan base. Right. They all owe it. I agree. In, I agree with that. in that sense. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Lou and Atkinson will start on the same yeah. sort of kill. Of course, yeah. they'll get in the building for interviews mm-hmm. and maybe a couple of Zoom calls mm-hmm. before maybe your 30th person on the list. Okay, so you think that they're aiming for like a fresh new coach. You think they're, make, they're trying to... They're looking for fresh ideas mm-hmm. on, in whatever coach it may be, whether it be... Before we get to y'all's top five, I guess I'll throw out, you know, you got Atkinson, Lou up there. Mm-hmm. I like Jordy Fernandez out of Denver, but okay. I think something's going to happen with him where he's going to be taken off the market. Okay. I mean, you got other retreads like this Brett Brown Philly coach. He'll be gone in a couple mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. if he's mm-hmm. not gone already. Mm-hmm. You you still have to find the right coach. another coaching coach, no matter, vacancy. Yes, it no is. matter what they did. Yeah, that's another hey, coaching vacancy. And hey, Houston. D'Antoni's probably. D'Antoni hasn't resigned. He, he's got to make a conference yeah. final to get a, con- a yeah. contract he's playing without a contract and season. even then a conference final appearance may not do yeah I, I don't even think that's just, enough yeah I don't think that would be enough I think yeah, going in mm-hmm. splash can't be the thing mm-hmm. but go ahead Lance. where are you at besides Lou and Atkinson is mm-hmm. there a, an assistant coach or a college coach that you would like to see come in even if it would be the splash you would still think it might be the best decision for Griffin and them to make for this job. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. So I definitely have a couple assistant coaches definitely in mind um, who I would be interested in. Uh, I'm going to just name a few. And then what I want to do is I want each of us to name a splash. Okay. All right. And I, okay. All right. And uh, we're going to start here. So I like um, I like David Vanderpool. Um, he came from Portland uh, pretty much uh, – Raised Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. Uh, they called him the Dame Whisperer pretty much because at any time Dame was going through a tough time on the quarter, anytime that he he asked him if he what he saw on the court, he went to him. Uh, he has been known to develop players also. That's a big thing. We have a a young team. We have a wealth of draft draft assets. So development would be something I'm for sure looking into. Mm-hmm. Somebody that can relate to my players. And if you can relate to Dame Lillard. You know what I'm saying? One of the, you know, if not the one of, the, if not the realest player in the NBA mm-hmm. right now, like who who else? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's somebody I would want to talk to. You know, that's somebody I would want Zion to be raised by. Okay, somebody yeah, I want. Z- yeah, raised. somebody I want to be out of. You know, to come up under. Um, next person, uh, Darvin Ham, uh, pretty much came under that Budenholzer uh, tree. He was over there um, in Atlanta. So and uh, also he's pretty much been known to also connect with his players. So mm-hmm. that uh, that's guys that's doesn't have the the track record of winning that you know maybe Ty Lue has or Kenny Atkinson has, but guys that have been shown to connect and mm-hmm. develop players. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and the coaching candidacy pool right now I think is deeper than it's ever been. That's yeah, why right. Gentry was retained for one more year. Yeah, so I mean you got a lot of assistance. You got you know your Becky Hammonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone you just mentioned. Ime Udoka. Go through, I mean, Jock Vaughn just took the interim position in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He might, he, that's probably my my answer for the biggest splash hire we can make that would also fit. Okay. Would be Jock Vaughn over Atkinson. Okay. 
And that's just... I like Jock. I like Jock a lot. I, that I loved him in Kansas. Yeah, that I loved him in Kansas. I like the way he grew up that through the Nets, league. That he got that Nets team playing hard in the bubble. Playing, yeah, even though they knew the, even yeah. though they knew Kyrie and KD didn't play with him and, and uh, Spencer didn't play. Man, they, they, they got a lot of people not play playing hard. for them yeah, right they, now. They right. still <laughs> play hard. But everybody on the court's playing for the playing for the one goal, the one mission. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, Jock Vaughn would be my big splashy hire. Just go ahead and take him. Let all the other candidates chase them other jobs. Yeah, yeah. And get him, get if, him I him. To, if I just had to take somebody right Trajan now. Langan connection. Yeah, both, right. Both yeah. Atkinson and uh, yeah. Jock Vaughn. Right, yep. Right. So it, it does. That just makes sense to me. But there's, mm-hmm. there's it, it's one of the deepest candidacy, pool, candidacy pools Okay. I think I think in the history of the NBA, really. Yeah, it's it's. it's I mean, there's a lot of good, lot of good choices out there to be made. This um, isn't dredging the mines and hoping yeah. to find Phil Jackson in Puerto Rico. This is. <laughs> I mean, you've got Jay Wright at Villanova. If Coach yeah. Cal ever wants yeah. to make a jump with the NCAA season being what it is. Oh, don't don't spoil. Listen, I mean, listen. Who does this play? Who you, listen, you, listen, you, listen, I'm listen. Saying, I'm saying, I, listen. I won't get ahead of you saying the candidacy. Be, Field you know, is so big. Listen, you me and G, yeah, me yeah. and G uh, had a conversation on Twitter pretty yeah. much the other day. Yeah, uh, just was talking about who could you know they could who could who could the Pels look to, yeah. and it's a splash higher. Yeah. But it's somebody that is on the college scene, but also has worked with NBA players, and that's Coach K. Mm. Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, and, and that's one person I didn't mention in that Forbes article. I tried to mention one coaching candidate for every win we had this season. I put yeah. 33 in there. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, the yeah. last two mentioned was Jackson and Kidd because I yeah. thought that'd be a nice mm, little subtle mm, dig. Mm, mm. Kid's agency. <laughs> yeah, he, he wouldn't have to So I couldn't put him high on the list yeah. like he does for every other report. Yeah, I can't. But I that, can't I'm it. just saying it's 30, 40, 50 people deep. Yeah. Where yeah. it used to be the same five, six guys up for the job, oh, and you oh, didn't yeah. even look deeper because somebody thought to look deeper. Yeah. I mean, yeah, think about it. I mean, so college basketball, right, it's, it's taking a hit. I think a bigger hit than at any point. I don't in, think it's going to happen this year. Exactly. So why would, you know, especially with the pending deal with, you know, you, you know the story uh, with Zion and it, it would accept it, you know, mm-hmm. the money. Why would he stay if he can make the leap, right. you know? Especially when what else the NBA you, has what, a developmental the developmental league in New Zealand is such a yeah. great option, or yeah. Spain is yeah. such a great option for these kids. Yeah, Australia. What else can Coach K doing in at Duke? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the co- the the court is named after you. There's nothing else you can do here. The only thing he really can do is get caught up in a minor scandal right. that would ruin his legacy. Right. Disproportionately to how much the scandal actually matters in today's game, and then go back to college and basketball. Kid, and if he has a losing season, a Mercedes Benz for a weekend, yeah, really, what is that? He could have went to Enterprise and got that. And just because Coach K helps hook it up, you know what I'm saying? And you know how to it'll Pelican. ruin his legacy way disproportional to what's actually going on. And you know, you know the Pelicans love them some Duke players. They got well, they love Kentucky players a few years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a big switch. It went from Kentucky to Duke. Now it's the Duke running all up and down the the front office, the players, the the the. Back Where's up? our Wichita State people when we need them? <laughs> well, well that, it'd be good to have one on the market right. It'd be a good one to have one on the staff right now. Um, but one of my splash hires, I think I like, I like Jerry Stackhouse. Mm. I think Jerry Stackhouse would be a very good, uh, coaching candidate because not only like, I, I like to think about players and I like to think about coaches as how the, the difference in our, like, there's going to be a difference in well, age. How do they grow together? How yeah. Do they how, grow how, together? right. And so Jerry Stackhouse has enough. He has enough name, like again, name recognition with the players to say, okay, this is Jerry Stackhouse. He knows what he's talking about. He knows at least we know he's a he's a former player, so I know he understands, you know, things coming from a player's uh, perspective. But on top, also on top of that, like he is a very good X's and O's guy. Like he is, he he knows basketball. Like I've watched a couple of of his uh, of his teams being coached. And uh, and like they 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 play like they know basketball. Like they, it's an yeah. IQ, it's an IQ team. And so I think that he can bring some of that IQ and and put that into to and get Zion into better shots. You get Bi into better shots. Put him in better effective places. Run more screens for him. Get him moving and stuff off the ball. And I think that with that 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 Jerry Stackhouse. Um, kind of toughness, he can get those players to kind of wake up a little bit and not just like Melly shouldn't be the enforcer on the team and uh, like no, he shouldn't be no. yelling at the the Kings players like he, he it shouldn't be him it should be someone else 
who is like, man, this like we suck right now. Like let's let's do something. And I think Jerry Stackhouse would be that kind of coach. So I, I think Jerry Jerry Stackhouse would be the splash hire that come out of left field where it's like, well, not so much left field. Yeah, because yeah, his he, name is out there. He he's in the top ten. Yeah, right now. but it's I'm like thinking left field is you got to be. Twenty and back. Okay. And back. Oh well, if, if you know, that's the case, well, my 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 other person, because there's so many jobs yeah. available, you got to fill all of yeah. those. Yeah. Well, my other guy would be Coach, would, would, would have been Coach K for sure, because right. I think Coach K would have been. He's a, he would be out of a left field. Yeah. Oh, I, whoa, yeah, Coach K. Coach it, K. Yeah. I think that know, would be if he took the job. Man, Sports Center would blow up for hours instead man, of minutes. Man, compared to some other. Players. I was listening to a. Uh, I was listening to one of my friends talk, and they were saying how much how much TV. Would how how many te- televised nationally televised games would the Pelicans get if they hired Becky Hammond as the first the first female coach of any men's professional basketball? And again, that's not a reason. I'm just asking. Just from, she would get a couple more. Yeah, she would. She as the the, fr- the debut. Yeah, she would definitely get. She would. They would be on TV a lot. Let's say the debut. Let's Zion say Zion and her. Another left field. Yeah, Zion and her. Uh, her first time against LeBron right, and stuff right, like that right, would be on. Right. But that would also be built as Zion versus LeBron. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking more of if she's hired. What if? And this would be out of left field. But Fletcher Mackle did something out and tweeted it after my article. Mm. What if Nancy Lieberman actually latches on? I like Nancy. Nancy to, no to even man. just an assistant coach job, and then. Parlays that into the head coaching position. You want to talk about somebody? The Didn't first she, woman versus woman. She co- won a oh, championship. That's, that's ABC. Yeah. She you was the uh, that on ABC. she was the head she coach of the, the stuff big three. of the big and won a yeah, championship yeah. in the I big three. I covered that. Yeah, so yeah, she 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 knows that was my first time ever, ever speaking Nancy. with Nancy. Yeah, Nancy Nancy is I I she I can listen to her talk about basketball like for a long but time. The only thing <laughs> I think against her. Uh, not to throw the ageism out there, especially yeah, towards a woman, yeah, but yeah. we're talking about a coach that also has to grow with the players. Right, Go back to right, Stackhouse, right, I think right. he's coached so many different teams going from college and to that connection the, with the G League and mm-hmm. being an assistant mm-hmm. that he's not setting his yeah. ways the same way Gentry was setting his ways. Nobody yeah. here can tell me Gentry had been setting his ways all five years yes, since he was indeed. in New Orleans. Yes, indeed. You can't tell me if Mike D'Antoni comes here from Houston, he wouldn't be setting his way. Yes, he definitely would. You couldn't tell me the same thing about even uh, maybe a Fizdale, which you mentioned. Yeah. Or yeah. or any of these other coaches that have been in the league and seen what works for them. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to stick with that because that's that's what's getting these the next yeah. job. It's right. what would get them right. this job. Right. And that would be the wrong person for this yeah, job. Yeah, you need to have somebody invested Anybody in the team. Anybody setting their ways yeah. needs to go. Somebody needs to be invested in the team to say, okay, how can I make, how can I make my coaching, my 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 strategy one. fit with this team as opposed to like how can I make those people fit my strategy? How can I explain yeah. them the way I see basketball versus? Right, you know, the vice versa. Right, They're telling me how they see it. Mm-hmm. You've got to meet in the middle, mm-hmm. and I think that's where you'll see a progression from if Zion working from the inside out, right, and then being able to handle the ball. Mm-hmm. Bi taking on a bigger core. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if if Lonzo will benefit from that because I don't know if he will be here. I don't know if he should be here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I even want him here. Right, especially right. Yeah. for the contract he's going to be asking for. Right, right. There's just so many better options that can give you 80%, 90% of that production for 50% of the value. I, I, I agree. As much as you love him, right. it's a business at the end of the day. It is a business at the end of the so day. So where do we want to see that coach, whoever we hire, take this roster into free agency and beyond, mm-hmm. getting into the last 5, 10, 15 minutes of this podcast? So let me – let me. well, I, I, well I, want, I want the coach to come in and see that you have two budding superstars. So you have two. You're starting with two. We have potential two players levels. to build on. You have yeah. the potential. You got Bi and Zion. I think Zion is the next coach to plan with Lonzo or Drew or anybody else. To be honest, or with Nikhil you, or Jackson. I, to be to my honest, this is my opinion. I think that there are three people on the roster that should not be looked at to be touched, and that is Bi, Zion, and Josh Hart. I think those three people in agreement. I are, think 99% three, of the Pelicans fans would agree with Those you. three people have – those. those uh, obviously, you have your future, and I think Josh Hart is that guy off the bench. He is – whatever you think that guy is, just the fact – he's not gonna, He's not the most skilled, obviously, but you need somebody to come in and say, okay, like, I have to do – you know, I have to do what I have to do. You know, I have to, I have to come in. I have, to, I have to, to rebound. I have to play defense. I have to pick somebody up full court. He is that guy. So I think those three people are the three people that are are you are going into the, the coach. And, of course, you probably wouldn't let this leak out or whatever, but you say, hey, listen, 
These are the three people we're building around. What do you have, or at least those two, and then Josh will be here. But what 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 do you see for those those three people? Well, those two people, um, behind Zion, and what do we need to do? What is your plan to build around them a successful uh, team that can be sustainable through a season and not like have somebody who come in and they drop 25 and 30, but then they have like lows and they like, what, how can we keep this going? How can we keep this, this team rolling? And I think that's how you go into your coaching staff and I mean your coaching search. And I hopefully think that I will hope that they do it before. Like I know with this weird schedule we got, and that's why it's so weird because you, you want this coach in here before free agency, right? You will, right, you will but they're going to bump all that back. Okay, they, so they're going to bump everything back. back. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, that's that's what I would think. I would want my players, I would want my coach to come in, and those three people are the people that we're going to keep, those three players, and how do we build around those three? Show me your plan to build around those three players. And how can those three players embody the culture right, that I am right. trying to... How can we bring the best out of those three You know, so, like, really? I hate to keep saying that word, but the word, the... Uh, Keywords, but sustain, sustain success. Mm-hmm. How can those players embody that and bring that to us for years to come? Right. I think one Josh Hardy already does that. That's why so many Pelicans fans fell in front. Love him, whatever man. culture he's doing, y'all yeah. get behind that. Yeah, B. <laughs> absolutely. Bi might need to get a little bit more vocal, yeah. especially mm-hmm. in the locker room, like mm-hmm. we were talking. Mm-hmm. Just more of a, a leader that's telling people this is not acceptable. Let's, yeah. let's take it to here. Right. And I think Zion will grow into that because. Yeah. It's yeah. Zion. You could, he's you gonna could, eventually be told and asked and demanded. You know, I mean, he's gonna become a man eventually. Yeah. Right. You could. His teammates see will demand and look at him that way. You'll see that they're looking at him differently than when he was right. a kid. I don't know if you guys remember the Bucks game where they played the first time he played Giannis in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and you could kind of see Zion like, "All right, give me the ball. Like, give me the like, get on my back. I have this." And like, but then it would, but then he got in. You know, he got he had to go back and deal with the men's restriction and then the pandemic started and then he got back into whatever happened to him with his with his uh his conditioning his, his and stuff. Weight, yeah, and so like he he wasn't able to fully assert it, but you could see it and that's how do we get that to become permanent, part of him permanently. And so um, you know, regardless of what happens cuz uh like I I did, like we make jokes about the Blazers and we make jokes about Dane, but Dane he is the type of guy that you need to have on your team where it's like, listen, I don't care what's going on. This finger, the Lakers, Anthony Davis, LeBron, pandemic, bubble, we the HC, we the, we here to win. We are here to win. And, like, I need to see that out of B.I. I need to see that out of Zion. And, again, like y'all said, they're going to grow. They're going to become men. They're going to become, again, these these are these are kids we're talking about right now. Um, and so, at, you know, as they, they're rich and they're athletes and, you know, that, but they're kids. And so they have to mature as we all did. And so I think that, you know, as that time comes, but you have to have somebody who is going to bring it out. And hopefully that leads into it coming out a little further than it would naturally come. So maybe around Zion's, the end of the second year, or maybe after All-Star, you start seeing him like, all right, like if the Pels are in contention or whatever the case is, we think that they're going to be. But he's like, get on my back. Let's go. Like, it's time. Like, give me the ball. I'm going out and getting 30. I'm going out and getting 25. That's what I do in my sleep. So I, I hope, I really hope that, they, that they, they go into the coaching search with that in mind. Like, how can we make these two players... Like you say, Lance, envelop, uh, get, bring out the culture um, of what we need to be, the won't bow down, man, uh, moniker. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, it, going into the last bit of it, looking at the free agency, this is the way I've heard it phrased by one of the, the salary cap specialists in the league, mm-hmm. is you have 180% okay. of the 200% you can pay Lonzo or Josh Hart. This, this is literally what's coming out of their accounting offices. Okay. You got a, that's two players, 200%, but you only got 180, 185 maybe to allocate. Okay. Do you offer both of them 90% of the market and hope they both come back, but also risk losing both of them? Do you give Josh 100% of what he wants mm-hmm. and give Lonzo a starting offer at 80, 85% and then maybe match an offer sheet and restricted fee agency? It, it, it depends on how the team approaches that, if they're going to match offer sheets, mm-hmm. if they're going to offer contract extensions, mm-hmm. and how much of that market value are they really willing to pay knowing that B.I.'s extension is about to be on the books. Mm-hmm. You might still have Drew on the books at least for one more season. Mm-hmm. Zion in a couple years. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody here would give him an extension right now. Immediately, today. 
to the, it, it would just happen. <laughs> right. So you know it's coming. Right. So and that, that's the way the Pelicans salary cap accountants are looking at. Literally, it's it, it's the Lonzo Ball versus Josh Hart dilemma. What do you offer both of them to hope to keep both of them if you want to keep both of them? Okay. If not, maybe you just offer Josh 100% of what he wants and trade Lonzo. I mean, yeah. that, but that 180% to turn around this team and get to winning, mm-hmm. that's their first real challenge on the accounting books. Yeah. So where do you go with that? So um, I am an unapologetic Lonzo doesn't need to be here type of guy um, because I think that um, I think people fall in love with his potential, what he could be. But then a lot of people um, talk to me about like, you know, well, well, when the team gets healthy, well, when the team does this, well, when the team does that. And I'm like, well, Ja didn't have that that luxury and De'Aaron Fox didn't have that luxury. And, you know, some of these other guards didn't have that luxury. And that's the that's the first part of it. And then the second part of it is they tell me, well, that's why he doesn't score points because he's a passer. And I'm like, well, Ja averages more assists than him. And so does De'Aaron Fox. And so does Sums so like Lonzo well, can't put pressure on the rim. Right. And so I and so I think he is a he is a he is an average NBA player. He is a great he he could come off the team. He could be what if he could do what Rondo did and accept that role, then he would be fine. But I think what happens is he he has he's the he he has to live up to second round pick uh, second overall pick hype. Um, and then on top of that, you have all of these players that was in his draft that um, they get paid. That, yeah, that are getting paid and are great, like are good. Um, and so you you have you have this this whole it's like a it's like a cult following. Alonzo, and I don't think that he's worth what I think he's going to be asking for. And on top of that, um, I think that once his brother gets here, like let's say, like um, let's just say, for instance, I didn't like what his brother said in that interview about how he doesn't think, he doesn't look at uh, scouting reports, yeah. and he's just doing music in his head the right, whole game. Right, right, yeah. I, I understand it worked for you, but you're gonna have to think when you yeah, go up against. This is this is you big. You think boy. Chris Paul's this gonna let you boy. take yeah. a, a mental break yeah. during the game? This is the big boy. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah, and so I think I think that you offer. So to get back to your question, I think that you offer Josh um, reasonable what he asks for, right? So as long as he doesn't come out and ask for something like ridiculous, you you pay him because that is you. He need, wants one hundred. Give him 98, you, 97, you, 98. You have to have right. You have to have a guy to be. The Draymond to be the Iguodala the year that they he's the Rodman for this right, team right right so you have to have that guy that whatever he whatever you think he is you have to have that guy so that's number one um, and then number two like you have this influx of draft picks coming in I don't know how much worse Didi is gonna be than Lonzo I don't I, I don't I don't know but so if if, if Didi Silva can give you eighty percent of Lonzo's production right. at fifty percent of his rookie contract, right. it's an easy and you choice. Take, and you take you that just money. don't know if he can give you that right. production. You take that money and you bolster. You bolster. I would like to think that that Didi would be. I don't know if he'd be better than eleven and seven. That's what Lonzo averages eleven and seven and like a, some steals or whatever. I don't think he'll be that. But, but if he comes some, out, some of that seven you, is four passes a game to yeah. Zion. Like people want to see those yeah. four highlights right. without looking at the right. other forty right. possessions. Right. Where I mean right. look at the bubble. He 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 dropped the turnover off his own foot and barely even walked back to try and get it for yeah. the other team dunk. Yeah, I, I that's that kind of effort right there showed me I don't really I believe I that need, report. I, I need, believe that report that he checked that he looked checked yeah. out. I believe that. I, I you believe can watch that. the games and see yeah. he checked out just on them few plays, the right. way they started that game and it's right. like I don't I don't need those few highlights if that's what you're gonna give me right. the rest of the time. And right. So I think that you can you can find and as much as people love and I get it. And so I think Lonzo, the love for Lonzo can work out in favor for the Pels because he's hot. For whatever reason he is, people he's hot and people like him. So you you know, like I said with the picks, you you let that work for you. You know what I'm saying? You don't you let it work for you. Like, okay, y'all you love, like Lonzo, what what you you know, what are you willing to do? So um I think you, you sign to get back to your point, you give Josh what you want, and Josh what he wants, uh, you know, reasonable. But you see what's the market for, for Lonzo, and I'm sorry, but I think that's what I would do. You would look for the for the market for Lonzo. So, yeah, yeah, Lance. yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely agree with you as far as Josh Hart. You you give him just like Dawson say, you give him 100 percent of what he wants. Yeah, right. As far as his market goes, right. Right. Uh, that his agent's going to look at players that 
got paid similar to to what he he does, the mm-hmm. same role that he fills. Mm-hmm. I say, look, who would you just a, who would you say fills that some like? Yeah, you, yeah. Would you think? So you, the, can you think of a player? That yeah. Would? So the player in mind that I have in contract in mind would be Marcus Smart. Okay. Uh, you know that that six man, but also. Okay. You know that heart and soul of your team. Yeah. You know, so okay. I think yeah, that's, a, that's a good. Smart, that's a good yeah. I like, I'll try I like to do that. anything to get smart anywhere, off the ball. Any, yeah, yeah, anywhere yeah, eleven to fifteen yeah. million dollars. Yeah, you know, you you like give that. him that like uh, that. for sure. As far as Lonzo goes, you know the the rating on hit on his extension would be twenty million. But mm-hmm. in order for me mm-hmm. to keep him to stay, just I mean, first of all, you don't have to make a decision right now. You don't. Let's you just don't. start by yeah. saying that. You can wait. However, yeah, if a team likes him, I, like what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing on 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 uh, the the websites, uh, New York might like him. You know, oh, yeah. there are teams that you know Chicago they might have interest in him. Yeah. Or you know, you just never know you know, what they can sell. That you know, it, or, or you know, players tend to be become better and tend to be more productive for teams that's you know on their second or third team. Okay. And, you know, it yeah. may click later on for Lonzo. Okay. It just he's just not the right fit right now. I mean, the man can't make a layup, right? You know, so Right, and you say we don't have to make a decision right now, but if Lonzo presses for an extension, that pretty much puts the the, the tension in the locker room and the chemistry you know. Well, well think about major. it. If well, you don't give in to him, then if he's gonna press the issue more than he presses the issue at the room, well, think about it from this standpoint. Be I, before you answer, Bi was a restricted that, free Before you answer, do you think that that affects Bi as well? Because Bi and Lonzo are obviously tight. So do you go into off of uh, Bi, but then you sit down and tell him, "Well, we're not really super entry." Like once he once Bi signs that max. He becomes part of all right. This is what we doing. Like this is yeah, what we're moving. He's in the rest yeah, of the like conversation. He, yeah, he gets into the he gets into the room for the decision. So if you go to B, if Bi signs the extension and you say, well, look, I'm not. I don't think we're gonna. You know, we're we're gonna do anything with Lonzo. Do you think that that kind of makes him upset, or do you think that he would understand that it's a business? No, because he's young and they they literally they been in the NBA. They, no, they all understand okay. business. Okay, Lonzo rap about that. Yeah, I don't think. Um, I don't think that would affect anything. I think Bi wants to get paid okay. uh, for sure. I think okay. he wants to hoop mm-hmm. uh, for sure. I think he wants to win. You, you think? Converse. I, I ask you this: You think he's the type of guy that would want to play with his friends, or will he want to win more? Like, uh, I think. Oh, I think Bi. He wants to win. Like right. he he, so, he definitely wants to win. So that will pretty much what it becomes. See, down see to. I, as much as people push the Lakers trio mm-hmm. mantra and that, that's, I think that's what it and, is. And, like and, they're together. The, they're linked. Lonzo together. Yeah. and Bi's yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot. I mean, everybody knows Bi's laid back. Yeah. He's chill. Yeah, I think half, not half. I won't throw a percentage on someone's friendship or something like yeah. that. But I think a good portion of why he appreciates Lonzo as a professional mm-hmm. and as a teammate is when Lonzo showed up in Los Angeles, he took all the heat off of Ingram. Okay. Everybody was focused. He's the lightning rod. Lonzo's yeah. the lightning rod. Lonzo had his daddy there bringing all that mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. It took some of the pressure off, off of Ingram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that B.I. is going to be in a second contract and becoming his own man, mm-hmm. I think he's going to want accept the pressure a little mm-hmm. more. Maybe not want someone else taking those sorts of distractions. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll be interesting to see how how much he appreciates. Well, he got that somebody there already to take distractions. Right now, he's got <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, so so I, just seeing how they about. interacted again, yeah. locker room. You, if you would think if they that great, hey, put our lockers together. Yeah. Well, hey, I, let's do this. I just asked that because at the end of the season, um, Bi posted that that. That video of him on uh, Lonzo, uh, I think it was a picture, and he had it was them two together, and he was like life. my dog for life, like my right. my brother, like, and so that makes me that now now that you say that though, that makes me think that maybe he sees that he Lonzo not gonna be there. Yeah. He's it's like, yeah, this is my dog. Okay, like this apart. is this is my dog. I love you. Like like you know yeah. one of those like. Look, bro, we did it. We we went through our, all these years together. You probably not gonna be here. Right? Maybe he does see it that way. Which, which, which they gotta go to different record yeah, Which is a different, which is a fresh so way of go. thinking about it. But you know, hey, it might it might be that. So I just figured that they, I thought that they were cool and tight, and like you know, I I kind of want I kind of want I, him to be there. Go but, back to it, know. and this is just from a conversation with some of Ingram's people. When Ingram went out to L.A., Lonzo was already there. He kind of helped him show him the ropes. Yeah. Kind of helped protect him from some of the media Lonzo's traps. Lonzo's older than... Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it's, I think about the same age. Right? So, about yeah, the same age, but in media years, yeah. Lonzo's a grown man where gotcha. Ingram right, is still... Right, right. Right. He's right, dealt right. with that yeah. his, whole his whole life. life. Right, right, right. So, 
some of that got mitigated mm-hmm. as we go forward. One, how much will Lonzo be effective doing that because he'll be in the year in the league for so long. Some of it'll wore off. His mm-hmm. brother will be here. Mm-hmm. There's something fresh going. Mm-hmm. We got Zion. Got Zion. You got Bronny Jr. coming up. Got Bronny Jr. I mean, through. some of what Lonzo did to help Ingram his first few years in the league yeah. won't be necessary going forward. Right. And that's why, hey, it, it, yeah, we dogs for life, but we got to go to different record labels. We got to go cook in different kitchens yeah. to bring out our best meal for, for what we're trying to do to feed our family. Right. So, yeah, hey, we cool for life, but yeah. I got this. I got this extension to yeah. chase. I got this. I got this ring to chase. Yeah. I got this max to sign. I got this yeah. max contract to sign, but, which I think is already drafted, and it will be sliding underneath his door, of faxing it to him or emailing to him. Uh, Twelve o'clock, uh, whenever free agent starts. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. What, I think that's already uh, October fifteenth. Yeah, I think that that's. But yeah. or eighteenth. But either way, we have, we about an hour into this. We gonna let y'all go on that. You want to tell them where to find you again? We got. Nola LBJ is it what Moon Child? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter the Moon under Moon underscore Child. Uh, also follow the Protect the Nest yeah. Twitter account. Uh, Those are five star on the podcast, so we can go up the ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I'm on there on flights, no feelings, but I'm also like I said running the Protect the Nest podcast. So holla at me. Let's talk. Let's talk hoops. Let's talk basketball. Uh, I'm a big movie guy. Let's talk movies. Whatever you guys want to talk about. Um, I'm glad to be working with these two gentlemen, man. It's I'm looking forward to this new offseason and this this new this new norm that we got with the NBA. Um, but the Pels have a bright future, and I think that we we have a lot to look forward to um, as with the coaching comes, the coaching the coaches decided upon, and then the free agent starts and everything. I think that the Pelicans are in a uh, they were a year uh, probably a year ahead, and so um, I think that now we're going to start seeing Griff kind of put his fingerprints. Um, on this team the way you should. So, yeah, Protect the Nest Podcast. Come find me on Twitter. Uh, Flights No Feelings. It was good kicking it with you guys, man. Man, appreciate you coming back. Again, we keep saying it, Protect the Nest Podcast. Throw us that five stars so we can get bumped up. Come holler at us for the shirts. It's going to a good cause. We got rid of a few of them. We're actually running out, I think, size mediums now. But I'll tweet all that out. You can find me over at Doing It Dodson. I'll drop you whatever knowledge I can over at some of them Forbes articles if I ain't on the podcast. And y'all be on the lookout because we got the sponsor coming up. We got the new jersey going to drop in a couple weeks. I got that from the team. And I'm going to try and bring y'all some more of that here to the podcast first instead of Twitter or Forbes because we're trying to grow it local. We want to be live and local, and we try to do the best we can for New Orleans. So y'all do the best you can for yourselves. Appreciate you checking us out. Until next time, protect your nest. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest. Pelicans updates right down to the sec. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest. Nola LBJ and Dotson time to get them in check. And we protecting the nest, we 